are working together um, as utilities, as um, uh, decentralized renewable um, operators, as uh, appliance financing, as financers, we can work together to end energy poverty faster. Through such collaborations, uh, new pathways are created uh, to achieve um, uh, the goals that have been uh, clearly uh, indicated. Um, the sustainable development goals can be achieved faster for the benefit of all. And that was Florence Nsubuga, who is Ugandan corporate executive and mentor with Project Girls for Girls, a voluntary global initiative aimed at empowering young girls to lead in their communities. Since 2012, she served as the Chief Operations Officer or COO of Umeme Limited. Welcome to the Power for All podcast, a forum for leaders working to end energy poverty. I'm your host, Maduba Masaji, sitting in for Christina Skierka, founder and CEO of Power for All. Power for All is a global campaign of over 300 partners around the world working together to accelerate universal electrification with renewable energy. You can learn more about Power for All on our website, powerforall.org, all the socials, and of course, by subscribing to our newsletter. As a 501c charitable organization, Power for All depends on the generosity of listeners like you. Please consider supporting our work at powerforall.org forward slash donate. Today's episode will reflect on Power for All's first-of-its-kind partnership in Uganda that has ushered a diversified approach to accelerate energy access in the country. Florence Nsubuga is the Chief Operating Officer of Umeme Limited. Umeme is the largest electricity distribution company in Uganda whose stock trades on the Uganda Securities Exchange and on the Nairobi Stock Exchange. Effective March 2015, she concurrently serves as a member of the Board of Directors of Umeme. Welcome, Florence, and it's good to have you back here with us again. For the benefit of our new listeners, please briefly tell us about yourself and your role at Umeme as its Chief Operating Officer. Thank you. I at Umeme, I am responsible for the commercial operations. And what does that involve? That involves the whole new customer onboarding process, the maintenance of that customer, the billing aspects, the sales growth, payments, relationship management. I also oversee the electricity access program at Umeme. Uh, other than Umeme, I do uh, do some, I'm involved in a lot of uh, social work. And one of the areas that I look at mainly is mentorship of girls. And I do this under the Girls for Girls umbrella, where I volunteer uh, on their board and provide advisory. Oh, well, that's wonderful. And I'm sure the Girls for Girls is quite fortunate to have somebody of your caliber to be mentoring. And I wish you all the best in this kind of work. And, you know, speaking of a person of your caliber who's leading one of the largest electricity distribution, actually the largest distribution company in Uganda, and one that is also very one of the few that's profitable utilities on the continent. When we get into the issues now of the point of our podcast, what would you say are the top three innovations that have put the company head and shoulders above the rest? 
I just want to 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 bring that home uh, in terms of innovation. I want us to reflect on uh, the, the word that everybody uses, the new normal, where right from COVID, uh, people uh, would want to work in the comfort of their living room. Uh, they want convenience because um, many of them have been forced to test it during COVID. Uh, glad to say that as Umeme, uh, we didn't wait for COVID to innovate. Uh, by the time COVID came, uh, we already on our journey uh, following our digital strategy. And our digital strategy was informed by uh, the customer, the need to improve the customer experience. After listening to the customer's needs, we automated a couple of our processes in order to support the customer to self-service. And what does that include? Uh, the self-servicing includes an application where the customers can access us. They can access all the payment channels, whether it's through uh, telecoms, through banks, um, through that application. They can access key customer information, including maintenance schedules. If there is a planned maintenance and the customer needs to plan their day, um, the information is available. They can reach us and report um, if they have a complaint, if they have a query. Again, they can reach us through the app on various digital platforms uh, to, find, to ask any query. For the electricity supply reliability and safety, we have what we call SCADA, where we monitor and operate our medium and voltage, uh, medium voltage lines remotely. Um, our customers who are looking to connect electricity can also reach us online. Uh, we recently uh, automated our application process to make it easy for our customers to reach out. Even right now, wherever you are across the world, you can submit your application online uh, via uh, our application or via our website, and we'll be able to process it and um, uh, process your application for you to access electricity. Uh, we continue as a company to commit resources towards innovation. We are not where we want to be. Um, that's why on an annual basis, continuously, we keep listening to our customers. We keep engaging our customers to see what we need to do next, uh, thinking ahead of the customer. Uh, other than that, we've done quite a lot internally to improve our processes uh, through innovation. Um, and we continue on that journey. It's a continuous process today. Um, the, the, the journey, I mean, the life of technology is a very short one because there's a lot of innovation. So we are continuously looking out for what is it that the customer, thinking ahead of the customer, being able to use the data analytics to be able to predict what the customer wants so that we continue innovating. However, much as we've done all this, there's a lot that needs to be done and we are on that journey together with the customer. And it really sounds like a very customer-centric approach which gives the consumers a pleasure to be your, you know, your customers. And I, I really commend you on the work that you've been doing. But now there's a, there's a World Bank study that revealed that only 28% of Uganda's population accesses electricity through the central grid. And it would take about 
you know, over over 10 million customers for Uganda to achieve universal access, according to that World Bank report. Uh, what is Umeme's strategy to accelerate universal energy access in the country? Um, Umeme's strategy is aligned with the government of Uganda's strategy. That is the vision 2040 that is looking at uh, 80% or universal access to electricity by 2040 and also the National Development Plan Program 3, which is looking at um, increased consumption per capita from 100 kilowatt hours to 578 kilowatt hours. And this program uh, is aiming to increase access and consumption of clean energy. Uh, the program um, aims to increase access to electricity on the national grid to 60% by 2025. So government of, from where we are seated, government of Uganda has demonstrated um, that they are committed um, to this agenda by the investment in the generation. Um, if we take into consideration Karuma, which is 600 megawatts, which should be coming on board soon, uh, Uganda would have reached um, 2,000 megawatts compared to um, just shy of the target of 3,500, according to NB3, NDP3 by 2025. So um, government of Uganda uh, came up uh, to show its, its commitment. Government of Uganda came up with the electricity connection policy to deal with the impediments um, of accessing electricity. You put out the numbers, as you indicated, 28% is still a very low number in terms of access to the grid. But uh, government uh, did commission the electricity connection police, what we term as ECP, in 2018, whereby uh, they subsidized the cost of connecting power for the last mile. That is no pole and a pole connection. And this, once launched, saw the number of connections more than double within a space of 12 months. So in order to achieve our targets, we need to pace up. Um, yes, there have been interventions by government, but it's very clear that we need to move even at a faster pace. As you indicated, it will take over 10 million customers uh, to achieve universal access, given the population great rate now at around 3%. So in order to achieve the targets that we want, the targets that government wants, of course, as Umeme, we innovate. So continuously, we are looking at innovative ways of scaling up. It's against that background that we welcome any partner uh, to come up with innovative ways on how we can achieve access faster and cheaper. And, and speaking of partners, you know, for the past 12 months, Umeme has collaborated with Power for All, Equatorial Power, East Africa Power and Enegro to implement the, utility, the Utilities 2.0 project or TWAKE to accelerate access to affordable energy in peri-urban communities. Now, for the benefit of our listeners not familiar with the project, can you briefly explain what Twake is all about and the strategic thinking that led to Umeme, a central power utility company, to partner with decentralized renewable energy companies? 
Twake in one of the local languages in Uganda means lighting up. So <laughs> lighting up is a, a which is Twake. It is a collaboration by a consortia of uh, energy partners uh, providing complementary energy services of which we are part. We are part of this collaboration as Umeme. Uh, and uh, this co uh, collaboration uh, provides complementary energy services. It provides products for faster, reliable, uh, productive use. And that includes uh, mini grids. Um, we have right now Equatorial Power as a partner, appliance finances. We have funders. Uh, the main funder is uh, Rockefeller uh, Foundation. And of course, the umbrella body which brings us all together, that is powerful role. And uh, of course, Umeme is uh, one of these partners. And the objective is to test that collaboration between um, the centralized, the traditional centralized grid and the decentralized energy companies um, to check how um, the impact of this collaboration will, whether it will increase access faster, cheaper, and improve reliability and also lower grid losses. Now, the reason why Umeme um, was very welcomed this collaboration was because uh, the agenda, the objective of their research um, is aligned with the government agenda. How do we achieve access faster, access to clean energy faster and cheaper? How do we reduce losses? How do we improve supply reliability? These are some of the critical key areas that Humeme is keen, of course, partnering with the government of Uganda to deal with. And most importantly, as Humeme, innovation does not just stand out there as a value. It's something that we live by. Any ways of doing things differently, Umeme will jump on it as long as it's aligned with what the customer once and definitely with a government agenda and with the targets, um, both uh, those that have been given to us by the regulator, but also the agenda of the government. And well, uh, we we get to a point where there is no doubt that you know a collaboration like Utilities 2.0 comes with success, lessons, and opportunity. How would you frame those three aspects now that the project has come full circle? Um, the project, uh, Tuake, has allowed Umemet uh, or the whole consortia um, to successfully test how a major utility can actively collaborate with uh, decentralized energy developers to design and implement um, new access projects, leveraging the existing systems. For example, um, with the current Tuake, um, the consortia leveraged already uh, existing standards, um, the billing system in terms of operations and maintenance uh, systems are already developed. So those are some of the systems that the consortia has leveraged. Um, uh, the capacity um, owned by the utility to bring down costs, uh, not only the capital costs, but also the, cost, the, the soft costs. So it is also allowing uh, to support in testing the grid integration for off-grid projects. So helping to operationalize the new off-grid regulations that were put in place in 2020. 
The project has also showed that mini grids can work as front runners to the grid. Um, for example, um, if a customer is looking to connect to power uh, at the grid edge or even further out of the grid edge, their initial needs uh, may be charging a phone or lighting for education and other basics. As they get power, <laughs> when you look at the hierarchy of needs, first you're looking at the basic needs. Then when you get the basic needs, you want to move to the next level. So as you go to the next level, you probably need to consume more power. So this kind of arrangement, um, the mini grids can work as front runners to the grid, providing early access, developing the, the customer uh, through appliance financing. Um, and then the collaboration with the grid improves uh, project acceptability as well and reduces the overall project costs, as I indicated earlier. Uh, of course, there's a lot of awareness that needs to be done. So um, many of the people out there in the communities imagine accessing power to clean energy is accessing the grid. But seeing, and seeing the grid working together with other partners, the decentralized renewable companies, uh, gives the public out there, those who have not seen power before, the confidence that they can still get what they want, which is clean energy, um, even without the traditional grid. And as and when their needs uh, increase, then the interconnection happens, then they get to benefit in a seamless manner. And, you know, as, as a South African here with dealing with ESCOM and not having lights every now and then, I'm quite envious of Umeme and Utilities 2.0's project. And I, I really wish we could replicate this, which brings me to the, my next question. Given the success and the emerging opportunities, is it correct to say that, you know, Toake project provides a model that can be replicated in other economies grappling with energy poverty? Yes, it, the project, the Toake project has critical lessons that uh, need to be confirmed, of course, under replication and uh, scale-up versions. Um, the models have the potential to revolutionize rural electrification in economies that are still grappling with energy poverty. So going back to the project, um, when we compared uh, in terms of the customer lifetime value, uh, comparing um, the customers which we had connected under uh, the grid and the customers that we had connected under um, the Tuake project, we saw in terms of um, energy uh, use, the customer lifetime value growing about four times as fast as um, the, 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 the traditional way of connecting customers. So um, definitely we see a lot of uh, successes coming through, uh, particularly uh, given the collaboration but uh, it would it is important for all that all the benefits that we're seeing um, from this project to be confirmed under replication um, so that we can uh, be confident that um, we can continue uh, to realize those efficiencies in terms of capex and also efficiencies in terms of uh, servicing the customer um, operations and maintenance costs. 
and um, scale up faster in order to deal with the energy poverty uh, across the continent and beyond. Well, as a parting shot, what are the three, I, w- I wouldn't even say three, but I think what, I don't know what comes to mind when we talk about the critical actions that national governments and non-state actors in the global south should take to encourage an integrated energy approach such as the one demonstrated by the Utilities 2.0 project? We have had to um, look at what this would look like from a point of view of the business model, uh, what would be the best option um, in terms of the uh, generation assets? uh, Would those definitely, those would be moved to another site? How will the developer be uh, be compensated? Um, The regulation, the the new off-grid regulation provides for the compensation, but this is the first of its kind. So how do you bring together uh, regulators, the government, the financiers to be able to answer all those questions? Um, These are issues that I feel would be a challenge as we scale up. But on the flip side, um, with the Utility 2.0, with the Twake project, uh, we are working very closely, of course, led by Powerful Role, uh, together with Minister of Energy, who are actually leading the working group to bring all the sector players together so that as we interconnect, as we commission, uh, we are able to sit together, get around the table, and be able to answer all these questions but bring together all these players to be able to collaborate and answer all the questions regarding um, the need for subsidy, for us to harmonize the tariff as um, the grid, uh, the traditional grid meets the um, mini grids or the customers who have been serviced by the mini grids, um, all that needs to be answered. Thank you so much. And, you know, Florence, thank you so much for your time because I know you're also a very, very busy person and it's such a pleasure to be able to have secured this interview with you and share the wealth of knowledge that you've got with us. Okay, thank you. To our listeners, thank you for listening. This is a reminder that you can find a wealth of sector news, analysis and data on our website, powerforall.org and our platform for energy access knowledge, PEAK. You can also sign up to receive our monthly newsletter. And if you like to support our work, you can make a donation via our homepage. Until next time on the Powerful Podcast, goodbye.